Okay, college baseball fans, welcome to another episode of the 11.7 podcast. We're going to do a little weekend 14 recap, talk about the conference tournaments coming up this week. And a week from today, Monday, we're going to have the field of 64 all set. And dude, what a better time. I mean, there's not a better time. Let me excuse myself. There's not a better time than postseason baseball and college baseball. Got conference tournaments, regional, super regionals, college world series all stacked up on top of each other the next month and a half. I mean, dude, what, like, let's take a step back here. Like what tournament is kind of sticking out, you know, on the page for you? Some, like some tournament that you're going to be having your eyeballs glued to this coming up week, because I mean, honestly, I'm going to go kind of against the grain and I want to see what your answer is. I think for me, I would just, I'll give you two of my biggest, um, my two biggest conference tournaments. I think Conference USA is a big one. Yeah, and it's at Louisiana Tech this year in Ruston. I think Conference USA is a big one. And, dude, I mean, I think the ACC is a huge one because everyone is so confused. Is the ACC good? Like, the ACC is that tournament who's going to – like it's gonna really, sh- I think it's gonna separate your contender, your contenders versus your pretenders. Yeah, and like, dude, the ACC, like, let, let's talk about that because that was my tournament that I was gonna watch. Like, I'll obviously watch the SEC tournament and the Big Twelve tournament and those. But, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But the ACC tournament, man, you're gonna have teams coming in with like Louisville, who has just been terrible the last month of the season. And they're like kind of on the border of like potentially maybe making the tournament, maybe make like not making it. And then you're going to have teams like North Carolina State, who's been the hot, like one of the hottest teams in college baseball, potentially playing their way as a one seed at like a two seed regional. Or like, for example, Pitt, who was one of those 20 teams selected as a potential like host site. And now like they're probably not going to be in the tournament unless they unless they win a couple games in the ACC tournament. And, like, there's just so many storylines going down each team, like teams playing their way in, teams potentially not playing their way in. And the way that the tournament is structured is there's four pods, they call it, four pods of three teams, and they're all going to play each other, and then the number one team in each pod is going to move on with the tiebreaker being set at the team who has the highest rank in the conference standings. So, like, the tournament structure itself is different than what we're used to seeing like the traditional double elimination i know the acc has done this in the past but they normally do two group two round uh two like round robin groups so basically you play like three three games in your pool and then you advance to the championship game right the the winner this year it's it's just three pools or sorry two games so each team plays two games and then if there's a team that's two and zero, they advance. Now, if they all three go one and one, it's the highest ranked team. So, I don't know, man. I'm gonna be glued to the ACC tournament just because I think teams one through twelve are all pretty evenly based. And I now that Notre Dame's kind of you know been playing a little worse baseball, I know they've won four straight, but like I don't know if Notre Dame's gonna take this tournament seriously because they've already locked themselves into a postseason. Um, hosting position and I think they've locked themselves into a top eight national seed but there's teams like North Carolina State and Florida State Miami Georgia Tech even Virginia like who's been playing some of the best baseball 
they're all on the border of being a one seed at a two, like at a different host. I don't um, know. Virginia, Virginia, North Carolina, and Florida State. Not really. I mean, dude, looking at the schedule, Miami got absolutely hosed. NC State got absolutely hosed on their scheduling because if you play Tuesday, Wednesday, you've got two days off. Everybody's well rested for your semifinal and championship if you advance. Miami's got to play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday consecutively to win the ACC title. I didn't even NC think about State, that. NC State's got to play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four games in a row, four games in four days to win. I mean, dude, if I'm looking at this, Pitt is playing Tuesday, Thursday, and then if they advance, Saturday and Sunday. And like, that's how crazy pretty- is it that Pitt is the 10 seed in the ACC tournament now? Yeah, they're they're the isn't that isn't that unbelievable? But like Miami, so yeah, like Miami, Florida State, and Duke. I think I think I can't believe. I mean, dude, don't forget Florida State swept Miami at Miami. Yeah, and they they have to play Thursday and Friday. And then they have. I mean, like I just think I just think the scheduling is so weird. It is a weird scheduling. And when you have but, 12 teams and each team is guaranteed two games, you're going to have weird scheduling. You're going to have games starting at 9 a.m. all the way through 9 p.m. Not 11 a.m. Is that what it is? 11 a.m.? 11 a.m., 3 p.m., 7 p.m. Every day for since like from Tuesday to Sunday. The Okay, so each pool. We'll go through the pools just real quick. Notre Dame, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Notre Dame's a lock in. I think Virginia's a lock in. Virginia Tech has to win the tournament to get in. Then you have Pool B, Georgia Tech, Louisville, Clemson. That's the one that like, I'm honestly most interested in because Clemson can play their way in with a couple wins. Georgia Tech's in no matter what. Louisville, they need to win at least a game, and it's going to be tough. Georgia Tech's I don't even know. If, I don't even know if one is enough. I think one will be enough for Louisville. I know the RPI is kind of messed up, but you can't really go off of RPI this year. But if they don't win a game, if they go 0-2, let's say Clemson beats them, Georgia Tech beats them, they go 0-2. They're out. They're out. And how crazy is that? They're they're not going to make the tournament. And I mean, I mean, I mean, and yeah, then, I, I like, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't, I think the RPI is just off this year because of, I mean, Ben, listen to this. I saw, I was thinking about this the other day. So this podcast, I think we're going to kind of be all over the map, which is fine because there's so many talking points. But Big Ten, they got punished this year for not playing an out-of-conference, right? Right. Why do they get punished for not playing an out-of-conference while they have more game played than Notre Dame? Notre Dame, listen to this, Notre Dame played one, two, three out of uh, – four out of conference game, okay? Against Valpo, two against Valpo, and – no, three against Valpo and – wait, hold on. Valpo? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, three against Valpo, one against Central Michigan. They didn't play – and those were all midweek games, right? Those were all midweek. And you're telling me Notre Dame can play for a national seed, but a team like Nebraska can't because they didn't play an out-of-conference game while Notre Dame played Valpo three fucking times in Central <laughs> Michigan one time. 
No, I'm telling dude, we we talked about it like on on one of the earlier podcasts. Like Notre Dame is just flying under the radar all year. Nobody's talking about them. No one's giving them grief. They literally haven't played hardly any midweek games. They just show up on the weekends, fully loaded pitching staff, and they've beaten up the ACC all year. Who's playing? Like most of these ACC teams are playing tough midweek games where they have to use pitching. So Notre Dame's was just flown under the radar all year. They're going to get a national seed because of their ACC conference record, which I get. You know, they deserve it. They have won pretty much every series in the ACC, if not every one. I haven't looked like the last three weeks just because I've, I don't know, I'm kind of done with Notre Dame. I think they're good. But like you said, they've, they've gone under the radar all year by playing a pretty weak schedule. And, but besides the point, when this will be the last point we talk about the ACC. There's teams that can easily play their way into the tournament, teams like Pitt and Louisville, North Carolina, Virginia, Clemson. Those teams can easily play their way in just get, just winning a game. Like All you have to do is win one game in the ACC tournament, maybe two. But there's teams that can easily play their way out, like Louisville and Pitt and Clemson, North Carolina. And the other storyline is the three and four seeds in the ACC, or even two, three, and four, Georgia Tech, North Carolina State and Miami. If they go and run this tournament and win it, how are you not going to put them as a one seed? They're not going to host because they weren't in that 20 team hosting pool. But sending them to Pitt to host as a one seed when Pitt might not even be in that, like, how crazy would that be? I'm getting myself fired up. If Pitt's not in the tournament, but let's say Georgia Tech is hosting at Pitt, how embarrassing is that for Pitt? A month ago, well, they were well, a lock as a one seed, and now they're. Well, I mean, that's not possible because they're both ACC. No, I'm saying Georgia Tech could host at Pitt, and Pitt would not even be in the tournament. That's a oh, legitimate I see possibility. What you're I see what you're saying. Pitt's not even in the field, and Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Georgia Tech's not host. Not going to be a one seed, but yeah, that. I mean, it is technically possible. I, I mean, I could see it happening, but. Besides the point, we, we spent way too much time on the ACC to get the show started. That was just one of the talking points that is you know glaring off the page for me. This ACC tournament is going to be interesting. And unlike the SEC tournament or the Big 12 tournament, where most of those teams are already locked into the field, there is a lot of variables that could happen in that ACC tournament with teams playing their way out, teams playing their way in. Uh, if I had to make a quick prediction, I think NC State's going to win that tournament. I think they have a nice pool set up with North Carolina and Pitt, two teams that have been struggling recently. I think I can see them making a run because they've been they started the ACC one and eight, and right, since ben, then they've me, been red give me, hot. Give me your four pool winners. Just give me your four pool winners. I'm going to go Virginia out of Notre Dame, Virginia, Virginia Tech. I think they're going to want it the most out of there. I'm going to give Georgia Tech. They've been playing good ball lately from Georgia Tech, Louisville, Clemson, NC State out of North Carolina and Pitt, and I'm going to go with. Miami. I think Miami will beat Florida State and Duke. I, I'm i going to go with Virginia, Louisville, NC State, and dude. I'm going to, I'll go, I'll go Virginia, Louisville, NC State, and Miami. I think Louisville shows up in the tournament. Mm, dude, they've been so dead. Them and Pitt have I, I been think, so dead. Like, not even dead, just so dead. I think them getting swept by Miami might have been what they needed. But we've been saying that for two months now. 
Like, no, oh, they're just gonna they're, uh, yeah, they're about yeah, to turn yeah, it on. I know, but they actually they actually have talent. They had an awful they had an awful April and May, like horrendous. And I think I think Louisville, yeah, but you know how the tournament, you know how postseason works. It's just like randomly some team gets hot and it just goes. And I think Louisville, I think I I mean, I'm dude, I'm not a huge fan of Georgia Tech. I don't know how they want to coast <coughs> the coastal, but I just don't think they have a team build to win a postseason. And what I mean by that is they're good, but I just think in the postseason you need a dominant reliever. You need you need an old lineup, and I just think Georgia Tech doesn't fit that category. And that's just for me. That's just me. Uh, listen, I've been agreeing with you this whole year on Georgia Tech, but they've been continuing to prove us wrong. I was wrong all year on Notre Dame. I was wrong all year on Arkansas, thought that they were going to slip up. Sometimes, like, in the regular season, you just have the the build to win those two out of three series throughout the whole year matching up against your opponents. And I need, I to, go, my cap, I need to tip my cap to all three of those teams that, that have been playing really well. And I, so I let's kind of let's kind of fade away from the ACC here. Let's talk about some teams that have already clinched. We've had Southern, who won one of the more – crazy endings we've seen in college baseball with Southern Jaguars who are 20 and 28 on the year beating Jackson state, who was 24 and 0 in the conference, just dominating the swag. And it ended in crazy fashion. So if you haven't seen it, Southern down four to six top nine, one out runner on first and second kid comes up, hits a deep fly ball to left field. Jackson state's guy runs back to the track, jumps at the wall, busts through the wall where the bullpen entrance is and ends up missing the ball. It looks like he catches it, but the ball actually goes over his glove. There's another angle that I, I got to see where he completely misses yeah, it. Yeah, it, it was a home run, clear-cut home run. Clear-cut home run, but the guys on the field thought he caught it because I think he ends up walking off with the ball in his glove like over the fence. I think he picks it up or something like that or finds a ball in the bullpen, picks it up. So they go to review, umpires review it, and that play ends Jackson State's season. A team that went 24-0 in the regular season in the conference won three games in the conference tournament. Their whole season gets ended on a home run in the top of the ninth against a team who is 20 and 28. And we were talking about it before the show, Dimitri. Jackson State, it didn't matter what they did in the regular season. They lost the last game in the last inning, and now their season's done. And we talked about it on the last episode. Like, would you rather win your conference regular season or the tournament? That's one of those cases where – it didn't matter what you did in the regular season. They won the tournament. Southern won it and clinched their ticket to a postseason. And Jackson yep. State's going to be at home. Like, not even going to have a watch party. Their RPI is 122. No watch party. Just done. Pack your stuff up. Go to go play some summer ball. And so that was interesting to happen yesterday on Sunday. I was recording this Monday morning. Um, and we had three other teams clinched their ticket. Norfolk State won the MEAC. They're in. Arizona wins the Pac-12. They're in. No conference tournament in the Pac-12. Nebraska wins the Big Ten. No conference tournament in the Big Ten. They're in. And this is this is always the fun time because we're going to have like five or six teams clinch their ticket um, coming up on, I think, Thursday or Friday from some of the smaller conferences. And then Saturday, Sunday, we're going to have the rest of the 24, 25 teams or 20 to 25 teams clinch. And it's always good to see the dog piles. You, you put a good tweet out there. 
we're going to start rating dog piles zero to 10. How good is the team's dog pile? I love, I think, I think dog piles are such a big part of the college baseball brand. This would I be, would I be crucified if I said I'm kind of anti dog pile? I've been in a couple dog uh, piles. Wait, 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 why the hell are you anti dog pile? (laughs) I'm going to tell you why. Uh, I've been in a couple dog piles and they suck. It's 30, 200 pound men, 200 plus pound men piled on top of each other. You can't breathe. People get injured every year. And I get it. It looks cool. It's, it's, it's something that looks good on video and the memories are there forever, but it kind of sucked, dude. And you can't tell me they don't, unless you're on the top of the dog pile. I've been on the bottom. It, they, they suck. I've been the final pitcher on the bottom of a dog pile twice. And let me tell you, I had, I've, I couldn't breathe. I had someone drooling dip spit all over me <laughs> because they couldn't breathe. They couldn't spit. So they just drooled out of their mouth all over my neck. It was the most Your disgusting. ankles and wrists and knees are bent in different directions that they shouldn't go. But, but. Get stepped on with metal spikes. They but, suck. <laughs> dog pile. No, dude, I will, I will, I will peel i will rip my toenail off to be in another dog pile again the dog pile is the moment of expressing yourself that all the hard work paid off and you're a champion like i i don't i don't want to go run and just bounce and jump up and down in the middle of the field with everybody i want a dog pile. i want to jump i want to freaking i like i i can't explain it man i and i can't believe you're anti-dog pile I said I'm kind of anti-dog pile. I get it. Like I've I've been through the excitement of being in a dog pile, but after the first five to ten seconds, you're looking to save your own life and get me out of here. I don't want to do this anymore. Like you really can't breathe. It is it is very scary. I mean, there's been time like the two times I was on the bottom of the dog pile. I was like, I'm gonna die right here on the baseball field, which is fine. <laughs> your this, which life is fine. Is flashing before your eyes. You're just trying to crawl for dear life, and it sucks. And, and can you imagine, like, uh, dude, I've been on the bottom dog pound said, "Oh my god, if they don't get off in the next five seconds, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass out." The College World Series champ is probably gonna dogpile four times this year. They're going to dogpile when they win the conference regular season, when they win the conference tournament, when they win the regional, when they win the Super Regional. I don't know. Arkansas didn't dogpile for their title. They're not going to dogpile in in Hoover. They're not going to dogpile the regional. They're not going to – they they'll dog – Super Regional is where everybody dogpiles. I I say less dogpiles. Maybe when you win the College World Series, you can dogpile because your season's – No, but I'm saying I think Super Regional – there was a guy in like 2013 when, or maybe 2012 when Arizona won the national championship, like their best player, I think got hurt in a dog pile in like the super regionals and couldn't play in the college world series. Like um, he broke his Bobby Dalbeck didn't get hurt. So that wasn't their best player. Bobby Dalbeck was way after 2012, buddy. Okay. Well, I just heard Arizona and college world series champion. So well, Bobby Dahlbeck was on that second place team that lost to yeah Arizona, they lost to Coastal. Coastal Carolina yeah they lost to Coastal you're right but no I think super regionals where people like I think Arkansas would dogpile in a super to go to Omaha right and dude props let's just give Arkansas a shout out because I've been so and not anti Arkansas all year but just waiting for them to slip up. We thought we both thought this weekend that they were going to slip up against Florida. That was right? the first time I picked against Arkansas. 
Yeah, and I've picked against them all year because I'm saying, you know, this conference is too good. You can't win every uh, weekend series. Nothing against Arkansas. I think they're the most complete team in college baseball, but you have to slip up at least once. And everything leading up to this weekend series against Florida, a team that gets up to their competition, play, has beaten some really good teams, have lost to some really bad teams. We both thought Arkansas was going to take this weekend lightly, um, and they came out and just from start to finish just destroyed Florida. And, and they, they had the title, they had the regular season title locked up and they still were the clear cut better team. That I mean, Arkansas is just, I mean, they're just filled with cold, like cold blooded killers, man. Kevin Copps, Christian Franklin. I mean, did you see Bob Moore's uh, game tying home run in the eighth? Oh yeah. Rob it went Rob, over Bob the freaking building Moore. in right field. No dude, they're, they're, they're just the real cold blooded killers, man. And, who knows? Right. Like, are they are they going to slip up all year? Like, how impressive would it be to just put that on a resume, saying we went from start to finish, best team in the nation. Nobody ever got the best of us if they win a national championship, or if they if they win the national championship, they're five. They're probably a top five team all time of all time, easily, easily with the competition nowadays. Like, easily, maybe top two, potentially the best team in college baseball history. I mean, they are no doubt a top five team in the of all time. If they win this national championship, right? And and so they're going to get set up with a pretty easy regional. They'll probably get a big team, Big Ten team, someone like I don't know Indiana or Maryland coming their way as a two seed, and then a three seed would be someone. Maybe if I had to guess, maybe like a one of those Rice team, right? Like maybe Wright State somebody like that and then the four seed will probably be southern who's gonna i would be shocked to see a team with a worse record and worse rpi than southern jaguars yeah but southern is gonna go to southern is 100 percent gonna probably go to like mississippi state or Ole miss no or... i mean i think i think southern is just as close to arkansas as it is mississippi dude i thought i thought southern was like almost near new orleans and they are in new orleans yeah so they're not close to Arkansas. they're way closer to starkville I guess, but if they're going to be the worst team in the tournament, you might as well put them with the best team in the tournament as a four seed. It's not that far. That I don't know. That's that's something we should not be talking about. But I can't believe we skipped over this. Like this is the biggest news on my paper. Omaha comes out and says we're having 100 percent capacity. Said so bring it on. Let's go. If you want to come watch some college baseball, come this way. We'll sell you a ticket. And that comes after Kendall Rogers tweeted out. I think Thursday maybe Wednesday of last week saying the NCAA said, Hey, if your local and state guidelines let you do it, like, open up your ballpark. hundred percent. We're not, we're not having the 50% cap anymore. And that was a big, big step in college baseball. Just not only because the diehard college baseball fans, you know, get to go watch the games. I'm saying more of like a TV aspect. There's nothing better than watching a game on TV and seeing a sold out crowd compared to, like whenever I was doing ESPN Plus and Mercer had, you know, maybe 800 to 1,000 people in the stands, it just, you get a different feeling, right? Like seeing empty seats isn't aesthetically pleasing on TV. But when you watch a series, like I remember watching that Texas and TCU series at TCU a couple weeks ago. On TV, seeing a full crowd, and we've seen it with a lot of SEC teams this year, just the energy that it brings. Like it gives you some adrenaline sitting at home watching it, Right. And so for regionals and super regionals and college world series, seeing full crowds, that's going to excite people who maybe aren't college baseball fans. 
someone that maybe get maybe gets interested in the sport because of that. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. So tip a cap to Omaha. I knew they were going to do it too. Like all they needed yeah, was a, all they, all they needed was to hear you guys can open it up. Boom. Tickets go on sale. They're promoting it now. It's going to be a fun, fun tournament there. And um, some other news we have mid-major player of the year, semifinalists we went through and I mean, shoot Dimitri, how long did it take us to go and sort through all the players who were deserving I mean, and cut people? I mean, it took us two or three hours going through stats yeah. and going through, you know, how hard their conference or how hard their schedules were this year, because there is a big difference between somebody hitting 400 and a very weak non-conference schedule. And then someone hitting 375 with 10 homers, 10 doubles in a pretty strong conference like conference USA. So we waited all that and we didn't get a ton of backlash. I think we did everything pretty correctly. And so a couple of people DM'd us saying, Hey, what about this guy? And then they would DM us like two minutes later saying, Never mind, those guys are all freaking studs on there. Yeah. Never mind, you guys got it right. And I was like, Hey, appreciate it. Yeah. So it's gonna be uh it's gonna be fun following those players. I really don't even have a favorite right now because there's still a lot of baseball to be played and we're trying to do it off of regular season stats and conference standings, I mean, sorry, conference tournament stats. But again, if like a guy goes into a regional and tears it up in that kind of competition, we got to weigh that as well. Right. Like, no, dude, you can't, I, I don't think it's fair to use regional stats because not everybody gets to play in a regional and just because the player is really good doesn't mean his team like you know what I mean his team baseball too big of a team sport to punish someone because they didn't get to play in a regional right um so like is there a guy that for you kind of stands out I guess I mean I'm kind of putting you on the spot because we didn't talk about this but is there a guy that's kind of your favorite leading up into uh the last I guess if we're only doing conference tournament through this week a guy that is kind of like leading the pack for you um i'll go through so, it real quick i would say no no i mean no i've got it i've got it so the um for me i would dude so first of all paul scheme from air from force air force um hold on one second i mean he's a two-way guy he's the closer on the team he's got like a 1.9 era t- 10 saves maybe 11 saves now um, he's also got 10 homers and hitting 387 um he's one of one of my like top four favorites there's two guys though for me that are really standing out matt mikulski fordham's ace left-handed pitcher eight and i think he's nine and oh on the year now sub one five era and the big thing going into this weekend he had 61 and a third innings pitched and 112 strikeouts like that's two per inning and i know he plays a little bit weaker schedule but you can't be that dominant and not deserve to at least be in the conversation. He could yeah, not do anything think, better this year. I mean, dude, Trey Sweeney from Eastern Illinois, 401 average, 10 bomb, uh, 14 bombs, 58 doubles. No, 58 um, RBIs, not 58 doubles. Uh, 58 RBIs, yeah, yeah. Uh, that guy, that guy's got to be in that conversation. I think Austin Zach Nito Nike. is my favorite, though, from Campbell. Played a very tough schedule this year. Not very tough, but a pretty strong schedule this year. He's a two-way guy who we didn't even realize he was a two-way guy. Didn't even bother to look at pitching stats. But uh, we had some people tweeting at us saying, like, yeah, he's also a pitcher for us. He's played every infield position. Um, he's hitting 410, 15 doubles, 10 homers, 46 RBIs. 
And he's on a really good team. Like he's the best player on a really good mid-major team. I would say he's probably up there as my favorite right now. Obviously, we still got four or five games left for some of these guys. I don't know. And then yeah. you got like Mason McWhorter from Georgia Southern, who's overall from start to finish been a favorite of mine. I mean, the guy just rakes and and I don't know. I mean, it's going to be so tough to narrow this down even more. <laughs> it's going to be so tough. Austin Knight has 27 doubles this year, leading the nation from Charlotte. That's another guy. It's like played a really strong schedule. He's got 11 stolen bases, nine home runs, 55 RBIs. Oh, it's going to be right, a mess. Then Paul Skeen, Trey Sweeney, and I would say Matt Mikulski are my top three, although I would probably put Austin Knight in there over Paul Skeen because his schedule, he played an unbelievable schedule. Yeah. I, I would say Mikulski, Nito, Trey Sweeney, Austin Knight, those are my top four as yeah. of right now. Things can still change. Yeah, so but we'll see. It's going to be fun we'll to see. follow. Yeah, we're the only I, – I believe we're the only college baseball media outlet that promotes mid-major player of the year. And We are. Yeah, a lot of people are really buying into that. And, you know, it's cool to see in, like, teammates and coaches, like, tweet at us saying, like, thank you guys for doing this. We need recognition, all we can get. And, I mean, it, it's something for the players as well. Like, something that they're not going to get recognized on, like, a golden spike standard, but – they're going to get recognized in a way that, you know, they can get a trophy and they can put that, um, you know, put that away and, and say, yeah, yeah. In 2021, I was the best mid-major player in the country. So, um, and then also, of course, we have the volunteer assistant award who goes, you know, Casey Dykes golden fungo award, we call it. And we narrowed it down there to our eight finalists. And the, it was tough to do that as well. I mean, we had a lot of people reaching out to us, you know, begging their case for why this guy deserves it. And so we took a little mix based off of, you know, Casey Dykes's information he gave us um, a few weeks ago, um, player submissions, people tweeting at us, um, people explaining their stories and why this guy deserves it, how long they've been at their school, how long they've been a volunteer assistant. And, and we narrowed it down to eight guys. And I think it's a very fair eight, like good mix and match between guys who have been there, like Alan Lucky, who's been there for 24 years as a volunteer assistant at South Alabama. And then guys who have worked their way up through the JUCO ranks or division two or division three ranks as a volunteer assistant now getting a chance and took a little bit of team success into it because, you know, without team success, like a volunteer assistant's job is much different, I would say, but yeah, that's going to be something else that we're going to narrow down in the future. But other than that, I mean, we still have a lot of other things to talk about as far as like college baseball leading up to the postseason, the best time of the year, it's officially blind resume season, and I'm only saying that because I'm seeing a lot of tweets coming at us, coming at me, coming at Kendall Rogers and Aaron Fit and those guys at D1 Baseball. Like, which team would you rather have in the tournament? Would you rather have, you know, Team A, RPI, rank, um, conference schedule, or conference strength of schedule, blah, 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 blah. And you never get it right. Like whenever someone poses you a question with a blind resume, they're leading you to failure, right? Because they want you to pick one team. They're like, ah, actually, you know, Charlotte deserves it more than like Ole Miss or whatever. And let's just talk about blind resume season. Are you, are you do you like blind resumes? Do you hate them? Because I'm kind of against them. I think it always sets you up for failure. I mean, blind resumes, 
exposed like i mean blind resume is really i think this year it's tough to do a blind resume because rpis are flawed because you know the whole out of conference thing but on a typical year blind resume is awesome because it really makes you pick teams based on schedule and stuff and schedule and rather than the name on the jersey which is awesome i love that but this year is difficult because a team might have like for example, Maryland went freaking 26 and 15 in the Big Ten. Any normal year, that's literally an that's a literally an at-large lock. But yeah. this year, it's like, are they in the field or are they not? Are they in the bubble or are they out? And it's just it's just it's just not the same. Yeah. And dude, like blind resumes. Let's go back a little bit further to like when they selected the top 20 uh, potential regional host sites. You know the committee was talking about blind resumes and like which team would you rather have host a regional this one or this one and of course they did it about three weeks too early right and you get teams up there like i don't know like Pitt, for example who's a potential regional host site now they're not, they might not make the tournament and yeah dude yeah dude this whole thing did not work out the way the committee foresaw it they thought Let's take 20 and then we'll pick 16 best. What they actually did w- without even knowing it, they took 18. Yeah, they took 18 teams. And I don't know. It's good. Like, I don't know. The blind yeah. resumes are good, and but you're right. You hit, you hit the nail on the head. You hit the nail on the head with it because like three weeks ago, like three weeks ago, the blind resumes were even worse than what the blind resumes are today because there was less games being played. The RPI wasn't worked out the way it was. Non-conference schedules, um, some teams have them, some teams don't. And it's just, it's going to be a disaster. But I hope I hope the committee just throws out the blind resumes for the selection committee like on the day, on Monday of next week. I hope they throw it out and they literally just look on, you know, team, paper, um, you know, what they did this season, how their conference is, because if not, like there's going to be a team out there that gets screwed because their resume doesn't line up with a team in a different conference who's playing a different schedule uh, and a different, I, I guess, like conference structure. I hope they look at it like on paper, like, okay, this team versus All this right. team, who's the better All team? Right, let me ask you this. Who are your 16 teams? I've got, I've got my 16 hosts right here in front of me. I tweeted it out yesterday. Um, and I thought it was pretty accurate. Now, again, we still have conference tournament week, but just going off of what I tweeted out, let's see here. I have one Arkansas. Don't worry about order. Don't worry about order. Just get the 16 team. All right. So I have Arkansas, Charlotte, TCU, Ole Miss, Notre Dame, South Carolina, Mississippi State, ECU, Texas, Florida, Arizona, Texas Tech, Vandy, Stanford, Tennessee, Oregon. So you left out Pitt, Gonzaga, Florida, Louisiana Tech. No, no, I have Florida, Louisiana Tech, and um, I can't remember who the other team was. Well, well, Pitt, I have Florida in there. Oh, you have Florida in there, so that means you have Southern Miss out. Yeah, Southern Miss out. So you have they didn't play this weekend. They took the weekend off, and then like yeah. Louisiana Tech hurt their case by losing both games to Old Dominion. Well, Old Dominion are. They scheduled that like, hey, we're coming down to roost on. Let's boost our each other's RPI. Yeah, and it ended up hurting Louisiana Tech. Oh yeah, and I mean, Old Dominion was in the twenty to host, so it didn't really do anything for them. But 
solidify them as a potential one seed somewhere, but there are no doubt two seeds. So the reason why I have Charlotte as a 16 seed is just because they had the best overall Conference USA record, and they, and they won the conference. Now, I think the Conference USA gets one. I think at one point in the season, they were, they were looking at two, potentially three. I think Conference USA gets one host, and I think it might be whoever has the best um, conference tournament. And if like Louisiana so think, Tech, so you think Florida gets the host over Southern Miss? Yeah, I do. Interesting. I think um, Florida's done enough this year to to be in a. I mean, they're ranked top ten in every every college baseball. Yeah, ranking. yeah. No, I think I think Florida should get the host over Southern Miss. I hundred percent believe that. But I mean, I'm just, I was just asking you. I'm just curious. I think I think so. Like we know who your top, the top 12 are a given. I think Charlotte, Stanford, South Carolina, and Florida are your four. Yeah. And Stanford really helped I mean, their case winning two out of three against Oregon. This oh season. yeah. No, they, they locked their, them. they locked their hosting spot in. Um, so I think it's South a good Carolina mix between like East coast, West coast. What's a real shame to me is the big 10 doesn't get a host because I would love to see Nebraska host a regional. I would love. It. I think Nebraska. I think Nebraska deserves it, man. The committee should have just said Big Ten Conference champion. Right. That's what they should. I, I brought that up a couple weeks ago. You're just stealing my. We both did. Yeah. We both did. You know, Big Ten should have champions should have got a hosting spot. Right, and so it's going to be a real shame. I mean, I, I mean, it, it would just been electric to have either Michigan or Nebraska or Indiana, one of those teams when they were all battling it out for the Big Ten title. Like one of those three, it would have made things much more interesting for the Big Ten saying like, hey, one of you three is going to get it. Big Ten champs going to get a host. And I don't know. They, they might not have put a bid in. There's a lot of things. Like I know Indiana didn't put a bid in. But, yeah, it's a real shame that the Big Ten didn't get any kind of hosting considerations. But who are your who are your twenty or sorry sixteen? Who are my sixteen? Yeah, the same thing. Um, I mean, Arkansas, Bandy, Texas, Mississippi State, Arizona, Notre Dame, Tennessee, Texas Tech, East Carolina, TCU, Ole Miss, Oregon, Charlotte, Stanford, Florida, South Carolina. So who are you leaving out? I'm leaving out Louisiana Tech, Southern Miss, Gonzaga, and Pitt. So the same four. Yeah, yeah, the, the same. But let me ask you this. Who is your top eight? I have Arkansas, Bandy, Texas, Mississippi State. I mean, uh, Arkansas, Bandy, Texas, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Arizona, Notre Dame, Texas Tech. Yeah, I have um, I have the exact same, except I put TCU ahead of Texas Tech. And the reason why... I, I think Texas Tech guessed it. Yeah, but the reason why I did that is just because... I mean, I know Texas Tech beat TCU two out of three this year. But Texas Tech, and I got a lot of backlash on Twitter. That was actually the one thing that a lot of people were most focused on, like tweeting at me. Texas Tech, I get it, man. They're playing much better baseball. TCU's playing bad baseball. But if you look at the Big 12 rankings in the standings, Texas Tech was three games worse than TCU. Three games is a lot in conference play, right? Yeah. And I just think TCU from start to finish, like they won that game at you know Globe Life Field. They were the one Big 12 team to get a win. And I just think they deserve a top eight national seed. I mean, they were co-champs with Texas in the Big 12. They lost the tiebreaker, but I don't know. I think you got to reward the team that did it all year long, not just what they did over the last three weeks. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, dude, 
when I I tweeted my my top eight and I put I forgot uh, you got I Florida I right forgot Mississippi State oh that's it, what it was I Mississippi don't, State I don't know how I forgot him I was like in bed I was getting ready to go to sleep and I put Oregon and Arizona both in and then I put Tech Tech at eight and I was like oh shit autocorrect um autocorrect put Texas Tech instead of Mississippi State I'm going to bed. well when you're on italy time six hours ahead but at the time i knew it was going to come down to arizona or oregon the winner of the pac-12 was going to be a top ac and i just wasn't thinking i was getting ready to bail like you know what let me put one out just to be like kendall rogers you know like sound look official whatever but i ended up i ended up messing it up just screwing myself which That's is okay fine. i mean you forgot an obvious team it wasn't like it was debatable like oh my god why yeah, did no, you leave i out? knew <laughs> i know mississippi state's freaking national seat everybody does yeah but uh but. pretty much like uh i mean it's going to be interesting how they come up with it how the NCAA is probably going to mess it up at some point but um pretty short episode here the last thing i want to talk about before we get off the uneven doc so uh matt wyatt who came on the show about a month ago and kind of promoted his new, um, I would say, documentary movie style about the 11.7 uneven uh, scholarships that baseball gets compared to the other. Uh, definitely want to give him a shout out because I watched it last night, 40 minutes, and you can find the links on Twitter and on his website. And it was good, man. It was really good. I liked the interviews that he did. I liked everything that he set up because he explained like kind of the history behind how we got to 11.7 scholarships. And the history behind the NCAA using it as like a different style scholarship versus some other sports. And I mean, he got some really good interviews with current SEC coaches just saying like, look, it's hard to get guys to commit to play college baseball when you you have to negotiate percentage points of a scholarship instead of just saying like, here's your full ride, like come play for me. And um, I definitely recommend it to all the listeners out there. If you, if you like college baseball, is really informative and it's pretty entertaining as well. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I'm really excited about this week. You know, I've got, I'm, I mean, I practice, you know, in the evening, so, but I'm pretty free for the most part. So I'm excited to get sit down and I had to freaking pay, bro. I want my PC. I want my PC. I want to be able to rip videos. I want to be able to put out content. It's fun, but I can't. And that really, it really sucks. But other than that, I'm excited for this week. I think their 16, top 16 is pretty much a lockdown. Um, Sometime this week, we'll, uh, for the listeners out there, we're going to put out a little, like, I don't want to call it a stock kind of thing, but just a couple teams, like what maybe they need to do to get in based on all the people tweeting at us, DMing us, asking what their team needs to do to get in. So we'll, we'll put something out there, kind of just, give you guys an idea of what's going on the bigger picture yeah but besides that we'll be back either wednesday or thursday this coming up week breaking down conference tournaments breaking down what teams need to do to get in the tournament and we'll, we'll probably do some like listener questions on thursday so you guys definitely tweeted us i think it'll be fun to like kind of debate and kind of talk about talking points throughout college baseball that people are the most interested in so uh we'll send out a little tweet probably wednesday or thursday whenever we're recording like send us your send us your topics. We'll talk about it. We'll debate it, um, yeah. no matter what it is. But besides that, we'll be back Thursday. Appreciate you guys for listening, and we got a lot of college baseball content coming your way. Yep, always a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs>